Hey everyone, welcome back to the Off Peak Podcast. I'm here with Nicole. I am in fact present. But we're doing things a little bit differently today. Uh, Nicole, you want to tell everyone what we're doing differently? Yeah, well, uh, so we used to, Sam and I actually used to live together. But uh, then Sam had to go run off to the big old apple, and now he doesn't live here anymore. And because there are literally hundreds of miles between us, we are bringing you the first Peak Rankings podcast over distance. Yes, we're recording remotely. It's quite the milestone. This is actually also the first time Nicole and I have talked to each other since I moved out. That is true, uh, but you know, since we're living together in a couple months, I think this will not be the last conversation we have. <laughs> Very true, and uh, thanks for bringing that up. Um, you know who else is here and wants to do his part? It's uh, Agenda Steve, um, oh, so he's going to give us the guy. agenda. Ah. Yeah, um, so what's on the agenda today, Steve? Hey there, listeners. How's it going? As always, this is your boy, Agenda Steve, with a handsome one for you today. Ski resorts everywhere are amending their operational plans this upcoming season due to COVID-19. In today's episode, we're taking a look at the particular strategies different resorts will be using to limit capacity on the slopes. Take it away, Sam. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So I guess that's it. We're going to be talking about uh, resort policies in the wake of COVID. Um, So... Yeah, a lot of these resorts um, and some of the mega companies, most notably Altera and Vail Resorts, have announced their operational and uh, passholder policies for the upcoming season. And while some of these, some of the resorts, it seems like passholders or season passholders will have unlimited uh, access, um, for those who decide to get an Epic Pass, doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Yeah, uh, I was quite stoked to hear that news myself since we're going to be in Lake Tahoe and skiing at Squaw. I was uh, not looking forward to having to make a reservation every weekend that I wanted to ski. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stepping back a sec. So so Epic Pass, besides three resorts in the U.S., um, is essentially just mountains owned by Vail Resorts. And... A week or two ago, Vail announced that Epic Pass holders would have to reserve certain priority days to get access to the mountain. And preseason, Epic Pass holders, which includes those who got the full unlimited pass, would have to would only be able to reserve up to seven days to guarantee access to the mountain. Um, and this is in contrast to uh, what Altera, which owns the Icon Pass, just announced a couple days ago. And so. As Nicole just said, Squaw Valley is owned by Altera. It's unlimited on the Icon Pass. Um, and so all of the Altera mountains on the Icon Pass currently have no reservation systems. Um, yeah, the keyword any of the pass currently. Holders. The keyword is currently, currently there. Some, some of the resorts on the pass are going to require reservations. So Jackson Hole, Big Sky, Arapahoe Basin, um, all three of those are going to require... those. Those are probably the three biggest uh, resorts on there that have so far said they're going to require reservations. Um, for like Jackson Hole, they just seem like they're done with the pass already. They're already basically, if you're getting a base pass, you don't get access to it. Um, 
if you're going to Big Sky, uh, we actually just wrote an article on why we think um, they, they're potentially putting in a reservation system. We don't think like there's going to be too big of a problem getting reservations for Icon Pass holders to go to Big Sky. Um, and then A-Basin, and then there's also a couple more commuter-type mountains, like Hunter Mountain in New York, um, that are... A-Basin's kind of like, to an extent, a commuter mountain from Denver. It doesn't really have any uh, on-site lodging. Um, and so, just because of those types of crowding issues, I can understand why those mountains require... Um, the, those mountains require reservations. But on the whole, the fact that, like the majority of mountains on the Icon Pass don't require any reservation system at all. Um, and that's already on top of uh, their assurance policy being much better than Epic's. Um, I think it's really a no-brainer for people who are looking for uh, unlimited season pass and have the luxury of choosing between both Epic and Icon resorts that Icon is probably the better bet for next season. Yeah, I mean, as long as... Because, you know, like, their whole... Their whole policy is, like, there's no reservation system right now, but it's all subject to change, right? So um, I will say that this, yes, is more appealing and, like, better right now, obviously. But, like, what would make it not better is if they, like, mid-season do have to go to a reservation policy and then it sucks because they weren't planning on doing that or, like, it just becomes, like, a big old mess. So, I mean, like, I know that they announced in their press release that um, they think they'll be able to control the crowd sufficiently by not offering, like, walk-up lift tickets and by doing, limiting the amount of tickets that can be purchased online. So, and if that's totally true, like, I am totally, totally with Icon, like, fully in support. I just really hope it is true because if they walk that back mid-season and replace it with something that sucks... Uh, I will have feelings for them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that obviously wouldn't be ideal. Um, but on the other hand, the alternative is Epic, which is for sure going to be requiring reservations. So, um, and to add on to that point about Icon really cutting down on their multi-day and lift ticket passes, um, one of the things that you notice, you might notice if you go to like some of the Altera websites, um, is that some of these multi-day pass products, most notably like the four-day, um, I'm not sure if they're gone up for every Altera resort, but they're notably limited compared to last season. Um, and it seems like Icon's strategy is they're really going in on prioritizing the experience for full pass holders. Um, whereas if you go to the Epic Pass website, you'll notice that they're still selling uh, multi-day passes that are basically going to be... Um, they're, they're going to be available for every Vail resort. Um, so it seems like if you get those passes, um, you'll still have to make a reservation for Epic, but they're, they're not really limiting the sale of those. And so if you're like looking for a multi-day pass next season, Epic may actually be the better choice than Icon just because of the fact that they're available from those mountains. Whereas for Altera and Icon resorts, uh, they're, they're not to the same extent. Yeah, I mean, you'll still be able to buy daily tickets and, and stuff online just in advance. Um, and I think, like, as we get a bit closer to the season starting, it'll probably be more clear um, how to do that for Icon. 
Um, I, 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 I don't know, but you know, the, the, I can kind of understand how Epic might be better for you in that situation, but I guess if you are a pass holder, I, I would just be like quite frustrated, I guess, if I were only guaranteed seven days of skiing and, you know, realistically, I imagine it probably won't be a huge deal to get a reservation most of the time, but yeah, just, I think it's going to be mainly, like, peak times that it's going to be a pain. Yeah, which, I mean, depends what kind of skier you are. You know, like, some people, like, only ski during holiday weekends and stuff like that. And, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see how the season shapes up. But I do have to say, uh, at face value, it is more appealing to just be able to, like, have a true season pass and just go ski when I want to ski and not worry about it. And I do like that the icon policy puts, like, pass holders ahead of people who are not pass holders in that respect, so. Yeah. It feels refreshingly like a people company. <laughs> Let's not get carried away now. I don't think they, uh, <laughs> I think both companies are just trying to make money the best way they can here. <laughs> well... The interesting thing here is that we're going to find out this season. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's uh it, it's going to be very interesting to see how it shapes up. I honestly think it might have the potential if you live near a mountain to be a really good ski season. Uh just the reason I say that is because like with the crowds being limited and stuff, if if you're within driving distance and can, you know, you don't have to like travel and stay overnight to make skiing happen. Uh, what you might see for your season is like reduced crowds and you know not a lot of people on the mountain and who knows like for people in that situation it could shape up to be like a phenomenal season yeah so um that's actually a great segue into the next thing i want to talk about which is the just straight up operational plans that a lot of these resorts have released so surprisingly it doesn't look like of the major resorts that have made announcements, like Jackson Hole, like Big Sky, all of the Epic Mountains, doesn't really look like there's going to be really any operational limitations in terms of like the lifts and terrain that are going to be open. Um, and that was honestly a little bit surprising to me. I don't know what you thought, Nicole, but I thought there was a potential for some of the resorts to not operate their gondolas or, in certain cases, their trams. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting to see that pretty much every resort has committed to opening opening up if they can, like weather permitting, obviously, their entire footprint of terrain. Yeah, I mean, I was never really, I, I guess I wasn't surprised by that. I always kind of thought that the gondolas and everything would be open just at like significantly reduced capacity. Uh, part of me wondered if if some resorts would decide that maybe given the reduced capacity, it wasn't worth the money to operate some um, of their lifts. But like that has like a twofold impact because if they're going to make that decision like, oh, it's not worth the money to keep like this gondola open and then you lose all the terrain service by that gondola, that could potentially lead to another spiral of like, oh, well, now I don't want to go skiing there because there's, like, nothing's open, like, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I had considered the possibility that some resorts wouldn't have gondolas open, but I didn't think it was highly likely because I guess I just had this intuition that it would maybe hurt the resorts more than not. Um, 
but this is also based off literally my gut feeling so (laughs) yeah no i i think you're right on that regard um like a lot of the gondolas pretty much i i can't think of any gondola at a resort that isn't in a major place or a flagship lift um so i mean it's really difficult to like operate your resort without having one of the pillars of the resort to bring guests up and down in certain cases A, a lot of these resorts i've seen They've they've come up with some creative ways to sanitize these gondolas. Like, I saw an uh, Instagram video a couple months ago of uh, Jackson Hole Mountain Ops. They were using snow-making guns to blast, like, the gondola cabins with sanitizer. Um, I'm sure, like, the Mountain Ops at other mountains have probably figured out something similar. Um, the one kind of lift that it seems like is going to have serious restrictions next year is the tram um and it looks like so jackson hole and big sky both have trams that service some of their most difficult terrain um they're already pretty limited capacity and next season it seems like they're going to be even more limited capacity um well hold it on looks like- i wouldn't call a tram that normally takes like a hundred people up at once like limited but yeah sure I would call Big Sky's tram. Nah, you have to you have to wait in you have to wait in line for a long time. You and I both know that. Yeah, but I'm just saying the trams are kind of in different categories. Like Jackson exactly, they're they're limited capacity. They're limited capacity by design, and also Big Sky's ride up its tram is only four minutes, where the whereas the Jackson Hole tram, I think that's like twelve or thirteen. But yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, Big Sky's also, tram only burn. takes 15, but Jackson Hole's takes 100, so obviously Big Sky's is a little bit less of a... Uh, it's definitely lower capacity. I mean, um, also not to burn Big Sky, but at least Jackson Hole's tram was open last season. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, Big Sky's tram was open a little bit. It um, was, it was. It just only had one working cabin for most of that time. But anyway, um, one of the things that it looks like Jackson Hole is committed to and Big Sky is considering, and I think this is actually a really good thing, not just for next season, but for the foreseeable future in general, is uh, they're considering adding Hike 2 boot packs along some of the trails that already exist. Um, So you can just hike to the terrain that's normally only serviceable by tram. Um, And so like... The, I'm, I can't imagine the hikes are going to be um, easy. Like getting up that, getting down that terrain is pretty difficult in and of itself. And getting up, I can't imagine is going to be like that easy either. I'm pretty sure like it'll take like half an hour or so at the um, for either hike at the minimum. Um, but this also like in the event that there are actual lines and lines for both of these lifts have gotten to the point where they're a couple hours long in certain on certain days um having this boot pack could provide like a welcome alternative for people who are looking like they don't they don't give a shit like whether they're gonna um wait in line they'd rather like get some cardio in and like earn their turns like hike up a little bit um and this could potentially provide like an alternative that wouldn't keep people waiting in line and could just provide access to that terrain um, it could also, in the event of like wind holds, um, per- provide an alter- alternative way to get up to that terrain as well. 
Yeah, it'll be interesting to see after this season if uh, if they like keep the boot pack if it like winds up being successful and something that people like to use. Um, I I you know I am in for anything that shortens the line. <laughs> um, I don't know if I myself would be hiking up there, uh, but just because I don't, you'd be ex- down for me to do it so I don't have to take up your spot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, who knows? I I might be into it. I am slowly but surely getting convinced to do more and more hiking when I ski. I uh, used to do none at all, and then since skiing with you, Sam, I have done quite a bit. So you may convince nice. me yet. Nice. Listeners, take note. Hiking while skiing is not terrible. <laughs> Uh, no, the only time it was really terrible was uh, in the in the days before I got my shoulder fixed, and uh, oh, yeah. carrying stuff was not fun. Yeah, if you're not about to get major shoulder surgery, take note. Yeah. Obviously. Otherwise, um, you know, <laughs> be careful carrying all your crap up the mountain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, wanted to call that out, um, and... The next thing we wanted to talk about was just, we've talked about the things that it sounds like aren't changing operational-wise on the mountain, but there is going to be one pretty big difference at every resort next season, and that's going to be the lack of space to go indoors. Um, And given the fact that normally during a ski season it's cold and it's windy and uh, people want to go inside, and especially if you're like up in a high altitude that can even exacerbate things more um when you're booking a ski vacation next winter you're really going to want to keep in mind that you're not going to be able to get like you might be booking it thinking of all the dope terrain you're going to be going on like all the excellent snow quality um but what you should also keep in mind is you might have to go the entire day without spending more than like a minute or two inside Um, And so that's not like something that everyone's really built for, um, if you don't mind me saying. Um, So like you should either be prepared to uh, stick it outside for your entire ski day or to basically like use your car as your indoor hut. Yeah, so I actually, there was something I, I I thought that I had read. Maybe you would know better, Sam. I really thought that I saw recently that it was part of Um, at least one of the resort's opening plans to expand the options they had for eating outdoors. Like, I think possibly with some sort of heated patio situation. But I can't remember very clearly which resort I actually think that was was. Killington. Yeah. I think that was Killington. So, yeah, some some resorts I'm sure will have, like, some heated lamps with, like, patios, things like that. Um, But I wouldn't, like go on a ski trip with the guarantee that you're going to be able to like find a warm place to take a break at the, yeah. during your day. I think the people it'll probably wind up hurting the most are people who ski with children just because um, kids typically, especially young kids, typically uh, do not make it through the whole ski day without stopping and especially not without going inside. So I imagine uh people who who have children would probably be the most affected by this yeah and and this is actually um something 
this is a situation where if you're actually booking like slope side lodging, this actually might, might be a huge help in this regard. Um, just because of the fact that if you're, if you have like a nice warm hotel room that you could literally just go in to take a break in, that's a major difference from like a regular season when if you're staying somewhere else, you could potentially just go into a lodge, but you don't have that option anymore. Um, so like places that have on-site lodging might become a lot more desirable because of that, like even more so than in previous seasons. Um, so I know like one of the places that has like Squaw has on-site lodging. We're not going to be staying at the Squaw Valley Lodge though this, this season, cause we're going to be living in King's Beach. Um, yes. like there's some, there's some other good examples. So like, for example, if you go to North Star and you stay in their four seasons, that's like, honestly, like midway up the mountain. So if you really want, you could just like take take a couple runs, go back to your hotel room, just like cool down a bit, have like your fireplace or whatever next to you, then go back out. And like I'm sure like places like uh, Deer Valley, you know Beaver Creek, um, they also have some really nice accommodations nearby. They could become a lot more in demand given um, the lack of indoor public facilities. Yeah, that's definitely true. I actually hadn't thought of that. Yeah, it would definitely be really convenient to stay slopeside, even more so than it normally is this season. Um, I know I personally, though, I I don't think this will bug me too much. I typically do not have a problem going uh, through the whole ski day, uh, even on the East Coast, where it always somehow feels colder. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's not, I, I think, like... I think I will probably be okay, but um, I think for the people who who aren't, the slope side lodging is definitely a good tip. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, those are the big things we think you should know about the upcoming ski season operational-wise. Um, there's been a lot coming out over the last couple of weeks, um, and I'm sure we'll see more announcements from other mountains coming, but I think the moral here is that some of the mountains are restricting access to season pass holders, um, but a lot of those mountains are um, basically weighing that by offering more multi-day pass products. Um, on the other hand, like there are some mountains, especially the ones that are offered by Altera, that are giving their pass holders unlimited access, um, but they're also limiting like the multi-day passes. And then some of the independent uh, mountains that don't necessarily get as much traffic um, are really not limiting their passes at all. Um, but at the same time, lift tickets are probably going to be limited for single day, multi-day lift tickets, not passes, are probably going to be limited for just about every resort. So if you're interested in booking a trip, you might want to think about that now. Um, but also before you do that, you should if it's not clear on their website, you should call up the resort you're thinking of going to and ask them what would happen in the event of a closure or an event where you otherwise wouldn't be able to use your pass. Yeah, I will say the thing that has me most excited about all these announcements, um, and I'm sure has other people excited, is that regardless of whether you're Epic Icon and you only ski a couple days a year, at least... It is now, I, I would say, I can pretty comfortably say it is looking like there's going to be a ski season, which uh, yes. makes me really happy because, I don't know, it was like touch and go for a little bit there. Like, I know when I bought my uh, Icon Pass, I thought there was like a very 
uh, non-trivial possibility that, like, I would just be deferring until the next year, so. Yeah, you're right. There's going to be a ski season, and that in and of itself is something to be thankful for. Yes, I already feel like it's, I know what I'll say at Thanksgiving when you have to go around the table and say what you're thankful for. I'm going to say I'm thankful it's almost ski season. (laughs) Because honestly, after being cooped up indoors for so many months and not seeing people and not doing things, even if I have to ski socially distant and without friends, there's just something about skiing that makes you happy. And it's a very contented feeling that at least I have whenever I go. And I miss that feeling. It's better than drugs, honestly. (laughs) I agree. And on that warm note, it's time to end. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. See you back on the peak. (laughs) 